Welcome to the Canon Care Podcast, brought to you by M3. I'm Sarah Kukula, Director of Senior Living and Social Services at M3. And I'm Marlia Coiler-Grayhek, Risk Manager at M3. Each episode of the Candid Care Podcast promises to challenge your current thinking about the long-term care industry and introduce concepts to improve your organization and advance the field. From executive risks to key strategies, we'll approach each topic from multiple angles and invite leaders with unique perspectives to join in the conversation. Please be advised this podcast and the recommendations throughout are not intended as legal advice and should not be used as or relied upon as legal advice. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Today we have with us Tanisha Waddell-Pyle. Tanisha currently serves as the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at MyPath. She has a 15-year career in law enforcement, has served as a crisis center director, an adjunct professor, and as a project consultant for the state of Indiana's 988 infrastructure implementation. Tanisha has a long history with DEI and has been leading efforts since high school. So welcome, Tanisha. We're excited to have you. Hi, Tanisha. Hi. Hi, welcome. We're so grateful for your time. We know how busy you are in your current role at MyPath, but I think First and foremost, we want to hear in your words, how would you define DEI? What does that look like? Yeah, so that's a really good question because that's actually one of the most important things that need to be done when you are talking about this work or where people are curious about bringing this type of work into their organization is to really just define what it is. Sometimes we miss that. We, we throw around these different phrases or these different acronyms. People don't necessarily know what that means. So sometimes that can also create somewhat of a little bit of a resistance because they're like, I don't even know what this is. What are you talking about? What is this that you're telling me? So DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And each one of those words has a distinct meaning. You know, even though it's bundled as a phrase, each one has a distinct meaning. So diversity is going to be looking at all the ways in which people are different, you know, looking at their different characteristics, their identities, their lived experience, and all sorts of things. So anything from, you know, race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, veteran status, job titles, roles, um, you name it, there's a lot of different things that create diversity. What diversity is not is just looking at, oh, we got Tanisha on our team, a Black woman, that's diversity, we're done. That That is not diversity. It goes so much more than that. So then when you kind of get into equity, equity is, is one of those things that a lot of times people don't quite understand, or sometimes they're a little challenged to think about like what it means. But equity is just providing access to opportunity to those who have not had access to opportunity. So especially like, you know, marginalized communities or people who have been historically disadvantaged or historically excluded from certain things, it's giving people an opportunity to be able to have access and opportunity as well. Um, and it doesn't mean that we're taking anything for anybody else or disadvantaging somebody else. It just literally means that we are making sure that there is space and opportunity and access for people who otherwise would not have it. And there's a lot deeper explanation but for the purposes of that. It's just kind of like a, a nice little high level look. And then inclusion is what we do when we really want to make sure that people are invited in. So we have inclusion. We think about a quote that says, you know, diversity is being invited to the party. And inclusion is being asked to dance. So meaning that we are actually asking for your input, your advice, giving you a seat at the table, giving you equal opportunity 
and access, decision-making power, and power within the system to be able to be included in all of those key things that make an organization run. So that's what we look at when we look at diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then when we think about the intersect of those three words, that's when we come to that magic of belonging, meaning that we create a space that people actually want to be in, that they feel like they belong, that they feel like, hey, this is a place that I can be at because I can bring all of me from that diversity perspective. I know that I'm going to be provided with access and opportunity, and I know that I'm going to be included in these different decisions and important factors within my organization. So that's what belonging kind of comes into place at the intersect of all of those. So I love that analogy of the difference between being invited to the party and being invited to dance. And I think that really speaks to in our field, there's such this desperate need for employees. So I think when some people think of DEI, that there's a general thought of, well, of course, we want everybody, you know, to come to our organizations. We really need these employees. We can't get enough people anyway. But I think that speaks to that DEI so much more than hiring. And it's really about that employee experience. So I love that analogy. Absolutely. It is so much more than hiring. It's really about the ecosystem and the environment that you create within your company to really allow people to feel like, hey, I want to be here. This is a place where I can thrive. This is a place where I can develop. This is a place where they value my input. And this is a place where they essentially value me all of who I am. They value me and want me in this space. Tanisha, can you speak even a little bit further about your role at MyPath and the tremendous efforts that you are leading on in terms of DEI? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so my role at MyPath, I can just give you like a little history about how DEI came into place at MyPath. So MyPath is a human services organization. We serve about 2,000 individuals from across the country in our eight companies, about 150 locations throughout Wisconsin mainly and also in Indiana. And I started at our local company in Lafayette, Indiana. And while I was there, I was the QA manager, but I also did a lot of work with cultural initiatives. So I noticed very quickly once I started there, I started there like right in the pandemic in 2020. And just as you know, going through the days, the weeks, the months, just really noticing that people were not okay. You know, people were not okay. We were not, we were dealing with pandemic. We were dealing with social injustices. We were dealing with civil unrest and people were just coming to work and just not doing okay. So I started an initiative called Culture at Work, which really was to create a safe space for people to talk about the things that they were experiencing. Because when we come to work, we don't, you know, pack all of our emotions and the things that we're dealing with and put them in a suitcase and leave them at the door. That's okay. coming to work with us. So it was really important that there was a, a space to create safety for us to be able to have these conversations about what's going on. But at that same time, also have conversations about what people are passionate about, what they love, and like really getting people excited about things in these really dark times. So that started in 2020, and then our corporate office or our other companies start learning about the things that were happening in our local company. And our CEO, Terry Leahy, and their exec team decided to start two committees. And those two committees were a race and ethnicity committee and a LGBTQ plus committee. Now, these committees were across all of our companies, and it was just a select few people that were chosen to be a part of these groups. So I would say about maybe 12 people from across all of our companies that were in each of these groups. 
and um, met once a month. But during that once a month, we're really trying to tackle those tough topics and tough issues that were surrounding diversity, equity, inclusion. We quickly learned that we can't get a lot of traction like nickel and diamond hour month towards these topics or towards these issues. And it was quickly learned that in order to make a deep impact, that there needed to be a champion or a steward or a dedicated role to really do this work. So Terry put a lot of good thought into it and created a director of DEI role. And so that director of DEI role was posted, people applied for it, and lo and behold, you know, here I am. I assumed the role of director of diversity, equity, inclusion in June of 2021. So I've been in this role since June of 2021. And in that time, there has been a lot of work done to really drive DEI impact within our company. It was just very important. Like I said, if you really want to make tangible change in your company, you have to have somebody that's going to steward that work, somebody that's going to champion that work and really let it cascade throughout the company. So that was a very important thing to be done was to have a dedicated role for that. And during that time, we had a lot of different things that we were able to have happen. Even before this role took place, there were a lot of things that were happening even within governance of our company and that we had our first person of color and first woman to join our board in August of 2020. So we were kind of already on that trajectory of really trying to make sure that we were doing some things that were important to really, again, create more diversity within our company. And then, of course, like I said, the role came along. And then I started doing a lot of different work as far as diversity, equity, inclusion in our company. One of the very first things that I know was really important, and that I do say that's really important for a lot of companies, is to really look at what your values are as a company, what your values are, what your mission is, what your vision is, and take a look at that first. And then from there, you can kind of grow what your DEI commitment will look like because creating that familiarity from what you already have is really, really important. Then that can marry into the ideal of what we're doing to create diversity, what we're doing to create equity, and what we're doing to create inclusion and create a commitment, you know, create a commitment, say, hey, this is our commitment. This is where it stands because you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything, right? So you have to make that stand. Um, but it doesn't stop there. So next thing you need to do is that you need to also have policy because if you have a commitment without a policy that is clearly just lip service, you're just saying, oh, well, we like this and we think it's great, but you don't have anything to back it up. So that policy is really two of the really important foundational steps to be able to start this work, to have a policy to create that safety within your company for people that come from different backgrounds, characteristics, and identities and then be able to support them for any challenges or any adversities that they may face in your company. So those are two things that, that you can start with. I know that was a lot, but. <laughs> no, that was wonderful. Tanisha, what's been the employee feedback to these efforts? What have they been, they've been telling you? Yeah, so I would say the third and most important thing to do is that what I did was that I did a full assessment of our company. So in the spring of 2022, I launched a, a full survey 2040 Strategy Group is a company that I work with to do this, and they did a full assessment of our company. So basically a DEI survey to kind of get our finger on a pulse of what people were feeling around diversity, equity, inclusion, how they were experienced in a company, how they thought about our ERG efforts, our employee resource groups that we had developed, and so on and so forth. 
Um, so that was really important because to know where you're going, you need to know where you're at, right? You need to know what's going on within your company. So it's really important to take that assessment and learn what people are doing, how they're feeling. So one of the things that we learned, we learned numerous things. Oh my gosh, we learned so much and got so much data from that survey. And I mean, that information can be sliced and diced in hundreds, if not thousands of ways to figure out answers to certain different things that we wanted to have answered. Um, but as far as for what people experienced was about the company in regards to our DEI efforts. So um, intentionally put questions in there asking them about how do you feel about the DEI efforts since this started in June of 2021? We actually had a 95% approval rating that they really, yes, yes, really, yeah, really, really valued what was going on, really like where the direction that the company was going, like the direction that we were being more intentional about inclusivity and that we were doing the work with diversity, equity, inclusion. And also they felt really good about the employee resource groups that we um, started in our company as well. And Tanisha, can you talk a little bit about those ERGs too? I know Marley and I are, are a little familiar with ERGs and the, or the employee resource groups that you're mentioning, but just to give some context to the listeners, wh- what does that look like? What yeah, so you may hear them call affinity groups, ERGs, employee resource groups. It really does create a safe space for people to amplify voices and experience of that characteristic or identity of that particular group. So it gives them a platform, it gives them space, it gives them an area where they can talk about what they're experiencing in their company, talk about some of the things that we're doing great, but also let us know about some of the things we're not doing so great to really help move the company along and really help change the landscape of our company. And it also gives people the opportunity to connect with fellow employees from across our companies. Like I said, we have eight different companies across Indiana and Wisconsin. So it really does create that opportunity for people to meet people that they otherwise would not have had the opportunity to meet. And the employee resource groups have just been really great kind of breaking down those silos and breaking down the walls. And like I said, just really bringing attention to a lot of different things through the lens of the groups that we have. So when I say through the lens of the groups that we have, I guess it'll give a better context if I tell you what our groups are. Mm-hmm. So we have, we started off, like I said, with the two committees, I evolved those to two groups that were open up to all of our company. And then I opened six more last year. So the eight that we have are LGBTQ+, race and ethnicity, ability and neurodiversity, women, mental health, generations, and then veterans. So how are people experienced in the company through the lens of those groups? How is that working? So like you said, you are across multiple states, many locations. How is that working with employees in different locations? Are they able then to create this sort of micro community kind of across borders mm-hmm. that really is a support system for them? Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. It is such a beautiful thing to watch because this is something that has not necessarily happened in our company before. So creating these groups and doing it so that it was open to all of our companies that anybody could join really did create opportunity for people to connect. It just gets them in the same room. It gets them talking about common goals. It gets them talking about commonalities or things that they may not even understand because, I mean, some people, they come to the group. Yes, they may have that shared identity or yes, they may have that shared characteristic, but we also welcome allies to that space, meaning that they may not share that characteristic or identity, but they want to be there to help support or to help learn how they can be a better support. So it just really creates a dynamic where people can come and be vulnerable and have those conversations and talk about things and and learn 
and talk about things that are going on in our company, talk about things that are going on in our communities and in the world, and look at ways of how we can try change the impact within our company. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like this kind of leads itself naturally to my next question. One of the things I hear most often is, hey, Sarah, help me understand why DEI is a good business decision. And I think you've touched on it throughout this conversation about why it's made sense for your organization and how you've gotten, you know, a better employee perspective, a diversity of perspectives, backgrounds to really impact who you are culturally. But maybe if that question was posed to you, so here it comes, Tanisha, why do you think DEI is a good business decision for social services or long-term care organizations? If you're trying to retract or retain any person who will support and amplify each other and do the work that you do, DEI is paramount. It is something that just can't be left by the wayside. It has to be at the forefront. So in terms of the of like employee experience, like I said, creating that experience, you're essentially creating safety for people to be who they are with their varying characteristics, with their varying identities, varying experiences and perspectives into your workforce. DEI creates belonging in a place where people want to stay for being valued and honored for the individuals that they are. And having this at the forefront of your company naturally creates more productivity, more innovation, more creativity, and actually companies' financial performance is generally 25% better when these type of things are when DEI is at the forefront. And so when you speak of like, you know, why is this important for long-term care social services? As I mentioned before, there are many benefits to having to focus efforts on DEI, especially in long-term care and social services. This is one of the ultimate human services field where people are showing up every day, doing very hard work um, to provide life-changing and life-enhancing services and often at lower wages. So gone are the days of people thinking someone is going to show up just for a paycheck. Those days are gone. Studies literally show that people are three times more likely to leave for a job if the wage is unsatisfactory. Okay, so that's just for the wage. But they are 10 times more likely to leave if the work environment is toxic or if they feel that there is not a sense of belonging. So right. <laughs> so creating diverse, equitable, and inclusive environments. And creating, like I said, that belonging. So you're being, you're being asked to dance. Like you're welcoming here, but you're also asking me to be a part of something bigger and to contribute in a meaningful way. You cannot sleep on diversity, ethnic, inclusion, <laughs> and, and that is not important because people want to have safe environments. They want to be able to know that they can go to work and be valued and heard and supported for who they are. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Tanisha, this has been absolutely tremendous. Um, I think we want to end on on one last question. I know we could probably, I would love to hear you talk about this for hours. I really, truly would. This is not that kind of podcast. But what advice would you give for an organization who really hasn't started in the DEI aspect yet or developing a formal program or those efforts? What advice do you have for them just to get started? Yeah. So one of the main things that has to happen is that leadership support has to be there. Leadership support from your executive team to your C-suite team to your board members is so important. I hear a lot of people talk or people reach out to me and say that that is one of their biggest barriers is that they have a passion, they have a drive to want to do this work, but the leadership support is not there. So it's important to have them on board because they are the ones that are steering the ship. And it's also important to have their buy-in so that things can be tangible and actionable 
in the work that you're doing and to be supported to come to fruition. So, you know, if you have somebody that's doing it, but it's kind of like reaching a, a ceiling or it's reaching a bumper where they can't move forward, a lot of that can be mitigated with the leadership support in place. And the other thing that is so super important, so super important, is that there has to be an investment in this work. It has to be a budget. You have to invest in DEI like you would do for any other department. You wouldn't have a human resources department. You wouldn't have a maintenance department. You wouldn't have a health services staff or any department without a proper budget. So you will undoubtedly set any DEI efforts up for failure if you do not invest in it like you would do for any other company initiative. The work of creating diverse, equitable, inclusive environments is laborious. It's tasky and not financially investing into it or having your leadership support will not only speak volumes to your employees, so that can kind of shift morale, but it also will speak volumes to your clients, to the individuals you serve, to the families you serve, and also to your community. Um, and it also will very much limit the impact that you're able to have. So it's just very important to have those two things at the forefront when you're doing this work to really get started on that. So sitting down, having those real conversations, having those real planning meetings, having those real meetings behind budget to see what you are able to resource to that is, is very important. And it's going to look different for every organization. I always tell people, don't look at DEI as like a cookie cutter initiative. It's, it's going to look very different for every company. It's not going to be something that is that looks the same for everybody. But just know that this is very important. Now, when you speak about what job seekers nowadays are looking for, 80% of employees want an inclusive company. And I really like to give this, these data and these statistics because the stuff that gets people understanding the importance of this. So even when we think about job seekers, people that are looking for jobs and in the job field now, 67% put diversity in place as a priority. So this is the workforce that you're trying to get coming to your company. These are the people that you're trying to, to attract to your company. So it's very, very important that we do these things and make sure that we do invest energies and initiatives towards this work. That's wonderful and lovely said differently. It's not a one-size-fits-all solution. And Tanisha, mm -hmm. I, I think Marlene and I couldn't agree with you more. On that note, we again want to just thank you so much for lending your expertise to this conversation and for all of the wonderful insights that you shared. We are so grateful again for your time and we look forward to that, you know, next conversation where we can have hours and hours on the podcast talking about DI. So that's for another future episode, right? <laughs> yes, for sure. Right? For sure. We can take a deeper dive into some of the things that we're doing. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So thankful again. Thank you. Thank you. Um, on behalf of Marley and myself, you know, we'll, we'll see you soon and, and talk again soon. So thank you. Sounds fantastic. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Candid Care Podcast brought to you by M3. Connect with us at m3ins.com for access to more resources, insight, and to join the conversation.